Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This is the 100th episode of the podcast, and that seems to be an appropriate time to thank you. Thank those of you who have written to me or spoken to me about how much you enjoy the podcast, how you find it informative, and gives you, and that it gives you the opportunity to wrestle with some important questions and to consider some important issues in our world. It's been a pleasure to do this podcast, and I'm looking forward to the next 100 episodes. I hope that you will write to me, contact me, and share with me your thoughts and, uh, and maybe suggestions on subjects to address in future episodes. I want to share with you a thought based upon a commentary from last week's Torah portion of Parshat Bechukotai. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share this thought and some questions that arise from it in this week's episode. I'm going to then give you a week to consider how you would answer the question that I leave you with at the end of this episode. And I'll give the second part of the discussion next week, including my answer to the question. So I hope that you'll listen to this episode and then please listen to next week's because it will form the complete thought that I have in mind. Last week's Torah portion, Parshat Bechukotai, begins with these words. Im Bechukotai telechu. If you follow my laws and faithfully observe my commandments, I will grant your reigns in its season. I will grant your reigns in their season. If you follow the commandments, God will make it rain at the right time of year. There is in Israel a dry season and a rainy season. You really want the rain during the rainy season. You do not want it during the dry season. So the reward will be you'll get rain and you'll get it in the right season. There's a beautiful comment on this, though, that I want to share with you. This commentator says the idea of rain in the proper season doesn't refer to the time of year, but actually refers to the time of the week, in essence. What he says is that if you observe the commandments, God will make it rain at the most convenient time for you, namely, God will make it rain on Friday evening when you have nothing to do except be at home observing Shabbat. That will be the most convenient time of the week. You're not going to be out doing work. You're not going to be trying to get from one place to another. God will make it rain while you're at home observing Shabbat. Now, before I go any further, let me tell you that I reject the idea of a tangible reward for observing the commandments. I think there are great rewards for observing the commandments, but there are spiritual rewards. There's a reward of connection with the, our Jewish people, uh, the importance of our tradition, the ethical value of observing many of the commandments. But I reject the idea that observing the commandments is going to somehow make a tangible difference in the uh, in our lives, in the idea of God will make it rain at the right time. I don't view the reward that way. So then why am I interested in this commentary? 
because there's a subtle message in this commentary that needs to be brought out, which is that the commentary does not say, God will make it rain so that you will have nothing else to do except observe Shabbat at home because you can't go outside and you can't do work or whatever it is. So it's raining, so I'll stay home and observe Shabbat. And that's going to be God's incentive to have you observe Shabbat. It doesn't say that. If you follow my laws. So if you're already at home observing Shabbat, that's when God will make it rain so that it's most convenient for you. It begins with the observance. It begins with the sense of obligation to observance rather than with the idea that when the stars align or when the world allows, then I'll do the observation, observance of the commandments. And it brings up an important point. The world, whether we're talking about God or whether we're talking about the, the, just the, the, our everyday lives and the world as, as it runs, does not make it easy for us to observe Jewish law. The obstacles are not immediately removed when we decide to become observant of Jewish law. Let's, for example, say Shomer Shabbat. We decide to become Shomer Shabbat, observance of Shabbat, the world isn't going to suddenly align itself so that makes it easy for us. We, it is going to be difficult. And we have to make that decision despite the fact that the world will not always make it easy. So that's the way that I want to begin this discussion. We need to observe Jewish law from the perspective of obligation. Observe the commandments from the perspective of obligation and not just wait around for the time to be right when it becomes convenient. Okay. So let's talk about rain falling on Shabbat. Those of you who have read my book, The Long Way Around Stories and Sermons from a Life Journey, may remember the story I told about 1975. I'm a junior in college. I had just decided to really become Shomer Shabbat. Now, we had Friday night dinner at home when I was a kid, always. We, I, most every week went to synagogue. I was very involved in junior congregation as an elementary school student and as certainly as a high school student. I was committed to knowing that it was Shabbat, but when services ended, it didn't mean that I didn't go do something that I would, that people who consider themselves Shomrei Shabbat wouldn't normally do. You know, I went to shul, but then who knows what I would do. I'd do something else. We'd go shopping. We'd go whatever it is. I decided to become more traditionally Shomer Shabbat right as I began my junior year of college. 1975, if you're a baseball fan, particularly if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, you would know that the Red Sox were having a storybook season. Everything was working right and they were headed towards the World Series. And the Red Sox announced sometime at the beginning, in the, I would probably say in the middle of September, just as the school year was beginning, that they were accepting World Series ticket orders. You wrote letters, you, you wrote a letter in, you had a check, you said, I'm requesting two tickets to the World Series, and they sent you whatever game tickets they sent you, if you won the lottery, because clearly there were more requests than there were uh, tickets, and I received in the mail two tickets for the sixth game of the 1975 World Series. And 
if you read my book, you know the story, but I'll tell you the story briefly. I didn't know what to do because the sixth game of the World Series was going to be played on Shabbat. I dreamed all my life at that point of going to a World Series game, of seeing the Red Sox in the World Series, and here I am with my tickets, and they're for a game on Shabbat. So I came up with a solution. I can't go to the game on Shabbat, but what if it rains and the game is postponed? So I sold the tickets to some friends with the understanding that if the game was postponed, they would, sell, they would give them back to me and I would refund their money. And sure enough, that's what happened. Now, again, going back to the Torah portion, I'm not claiming it was because I decided to observe Shabbat and not go to the game that it rained. I'm not saying any of that. This was, was all a massive coincidence, but it all played out in my favor. Because when we did go to the game, Myself and my cousin Dave on Tuesday night, because it rained for three days, wasn't enough to just rain on Shabbat. It had to rain for Sunday and Monday to make the point more clearly. The game was turned out to be, at that time, the most famous World Series game ever played, the most exciting, the, the best World Series game ever played in the history of, 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 of the World Series. Some people will say there are others after that, but this, at that point, was considered the greatest World Series game ever played. And anybody who knows anything about baseball knows that Carlton Fisk hit a home run in the 12th inning off the left field foul pole after the Red Sox had come back from a 6-3, oh, it was a 6-3 deficit. It was a great game. Absolutely phenomenal. One of the greatest, most exciting experiences of my life. I've often thought, how would I have felt about Shabbat and observing Shabbat had it not rained and had that game, that exact game that was played on Tuesday night, had been played on Shabbat, and I'd have missed it because I was observing Shabbat. Would I have said, this is a challenge, but this is, this is what's important to me, and I'm glad I didn't go, and I'm glad I stuck with this observance of Shabbat? Or would I have said, boy, there's a message for you. I'll never make that mistake again. And it might have soured me on Shabbat observance. I don't know what the answer to that question is. I've thought about it a lot. That's not the question I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to leave you with a different question. I'm thinking of this from the perspective of a rabbi. Had I been a rabbi, a Hillel rabbi at Brandeis University in 1975, and a student had come with me, come to me in exactly the situation I was and said, Rabbi, I've just begun to become Shomer Shabbos. Here are my tickets. What do I do? I, I, I'm really, I, I'm so torn. I want to go to the game so badly, but I want to observe Shabbat. What should I do? What would I have told him? I don't know how I would have answered that question in 1975, but I have an answer for it in 2022. And that's what I'm going to share with you next time. But I'm only not only going to give you the answer, but I'm going to put it in a big context of how I feel we should look at our obligation to Jewish law. Until next time, thank you.